0: If you listen to enough of this podcast, you might be concerned that we're approaching a major collapse of governments, financial markets, or even the Western developed world in its entirety. So when the revolution comes, do you want to be out of shape and unable to defend yourself? Or do you want to be fighting fit? Why not try Fight Camp? Fight Camp is interactive at home boxing. They bring the best workout in the world into your home and make it fun explore thousands of workouts led by expert trainers with decades of experience teaching proper boxing form and technique. Fight Camp has live punch counting stats that motivate you by counting every punch throughout your workout and pushing you to meet goals every single round. As you progress, you'll unlock achievements and can go head to head against other members, whether they're across the country or across your living room. One of the best things about Fight Camp is that it makes boxing accessible to everyone. No matter what fitness level you're at, what your age is, or what your experience with boxing is. You can do it. And you're going to have a great time as well. So join the biggest boxing community in the world without ever leaving your home. Fight Camp packages start at just $99. They either offer some great financing options so you can get started for just $9 a month. To get everything you need, go to fightcamp.com forward slash chatter to learn more. That's fightcamp.com forward slash chatter. C-H-A-T-T-E-R. So, okay, wonderful. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today, I am here with Patrick Lavelle, uh, producer of the fantastic documentary series, The Con, that really uh, uncovers how the 2008 crash was allowed to happen and how it happened and why it happened. Uh, And also just muckraker and old-school journalist. And these seem to be the people that I keep coming across, actually, Patrick. You, You know you mentioned that, like you being like a proper like old school get down and the detail and the dirty that's the only people that seem interested in this kind of story it's so wild like none of the the like modern journalists like the the blue check mark twitter lot like they have no interest in this whatsoever like this story doesn't even exist on their radar
1: you're absolutely right look um i happen to retweet uh your tweet that i was going to be a guest on your podcast and you know, I'll hit this uh, over and over and over, and I need people, and I hope people will associate me with this revelation that Federal Reserve Act 13.3 was used illegally. So what does that mean? Well, it means a lot, and it took me 13 years of a lot of a lot, a lot of hard work, a lot of grinding, a lot of expense, a lot of um, heartache uh, to finally get to the genesis of it, and really what it is, uh, for those of you who love you know uh, the science of the universe and that sort of uh, mind bending realities of physics. This is literally the origin story. This is the, this is the um, singularity that created the world you live in. And so hopefully in reverse, if you understand and your listeners and the people around the world understand what this is, then we can fight
0: back against global corruption. Mm. So, let's start at the beginning then what the fuck is federal reserve act thirteen three? like what what does that mean what is it like what did it do um and and why is it so important if you read the statute it's it's really incredibly thick and like any major
1: statute especially of something of that significance <clears throat> you can get lost in the weeds especially if you're not an economist right which i'm not and uh I I find myself so incredibly interested in great economists around the world, because a lot of the times they marry, you know, the features of what runs the world, i.e. the fuel capital uh, that controls growth and everything else uh, that the global economy depends on. Um, You you know, you, you can look at it from my background. I studied political science and journalism. So I was aware of policy and geopolitics my entire life, particularly the neoliberalism that undergirded all of this matrix of globalism. Mm. But it took me years and years to understand that. Wait a second. The central bank of the United States is literally the central bank of the world. I mean, it, it, it influences the IMF and it you know influences the EU and everywhere else for that matter, because the dollar is obviously um, the uh, you know, everything's pegged to the dollar, quite frankly. And um, when you, understand the nature of all of the things that I just mentioned and then some, once you start to read the Federal Reserve Act and understand its history and how it evolved and ultimately how the uh, Federal Reserve evolved, you get to this understanding of just simple lending. Okay? If everything in the debt based society is based on lending, then it uh, intuitively has to depend on underwriting. Mm -hmm. So what ultimately happened in 2008 that created the world that we live in and everything that's come from that time uh, forward is that Nowhere in the Constitution or in the Federal Reserve Act does it say that the full faith and credit of the United States can be used as the lender of last resort under exigent circumstances to save shadow financial sector, the the shadow financial sector that was bankrupted through its own criminal fraud. And I I know that's a, uh, uh, you know, that's repetitive to say criminal fraud for those who understand fraud. Fraud isn't shenanigans. Fraud is criminal theft by deception. And in the United States, it accounts for felonies, of which the 2008 Great Financial Crisis was the largest single criminal conspiracy and cover-up in the history of the world that, because of what happened with Federal Reserve Act 13.3, has created the world that we live in. And literally everybody has, in power particularly, has hid this. And nobody understands that the mafiocracy That pulled all of this off behind the scenes is in complete control of how the system works. And what I'm trying desperately to do is to get to people that if you believe in the integrity of law and systems and the things that we're presumably about, particularly in this upcoming election, then you got to wrap your mind around the fact that our entire economic system and engine has been allowed to thrive under criminal um, behavior. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it's it the the state of the financial sector is is disgusting if I'm totally honest and and like until I would actually say really until January of 2021 in the middle of the GameStop saga or well the beginning of the genesis of the GameStop saga where I started to write write my book on it is when I really really sort of woke up to like just how fraudulent the financial system is like i would had some people on the show prior to that like uh nicholas Shackson, who wrote, wrote a book called the finance curse which is basically about how an outsized financial industry is as damaging to a nation as like any any resource curse could be like say, you know there's like places like say like angola in africa whose, whose economy has been destroyed because of its amount of oil because everything all the 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 investment the talent the corruption that that grows up around like such a vast resource just destroys a country's economy, and he argued that the same thing happened with, with the financial world. But it wasn't until twenty twenty one that I really started to get a grasp on just how fucked up it is. So I wanna I wanna go back to something you said there about the you said that the U S Federal Reserve became the lender of last resort for the shadow financial sector. So essentially, does that mean that they are? The backup that will never fail like they're just sitting there with the money printer just you know ready to roll it obviously it's not quite as active as a printer but
1: right we we have to be clear on who they they are right now as it relates to the um the uh primary broker dealers which are the too big to fail banks they're the ones that are really the recipients of this policy this monetary policy vis-a-vis particularly post 2009 all of this emergency stimulus that, you know, for a shortcut uh, in, in, in recognition of everything that we're trying to get in front of the Fed, and we'll talk about that briefly uh, with people demonstrating, um, and, and that'll come full circle uh, momentarily, but quantitative easing and the monetary policy to be able to provide liquidity to uh, the engine of capital through the primary dealer brokers immediately winds up in the shadow sector, private equity, asset managers, uh, hedge funds, okay? And they, they they make their money a litany of ways. There's like a, a different vertical for private equity as there is for uh, hedge funds, as there is for asset managers. But they work in congruency with this incredible fusion of capital through the Fed vis-a-vis quantitative easing to be able to pump what looks like the real economy. Mm-hmm. But of course it's not. It's basically skimming and thievery at every step of the way, which we're the only ones who have ever demonstrated the entire engine as it relates to the housing industry in the United States pre-2008 that led to this reality, which ultimately what you get to understand in in, in the end game of this whole thing is to skim uh, the system to basically fuel the increase of value for assets, right? That basically blows out of the water all of the – all of the uh, ne- neoclassical economists, including Marx, because they couldn't even envision this sort of financial capitalization, right? Mm. Financial, financial capitalism, which is theft by deception that gets fees to basically go to the top. Uh, you know, In the United States, I say what they've done is they pacified the top 10%, those who actually have ownership of equity in houses or stocks, that sort of thing, and uh, can manipulate and distort markets. But ultimately, uh, it's not the real economy. And as you well know, these guys are in charge of how the global economy functions, but who elected them? So, like I'm saying right now, as we're approaching the midterms and everything that we're in the midst of, you know, where do you see BlackRock on the ballot?
0: Now, President <laughs>
1: Biden
0: in the United States. In every only, candidate.
1: <laughs> right, I, right. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, um, President Biden and, um, you know, the, the, We'll just call them what they are, man, because they're, they're, so ever since Clinton, there's been this this, this incredible fusion of uh, the meritocracy, which is really our brightest, our most professional that like, get to the highest ranks, but that are infused with, of course, Wall Street. Why? Because they get paid to be that way, right? Revolving door and many other methodologies that are involved with this scenario. But ultimately, what you get down to is suddenly, you know, in the midterm elections in the United States. And it's it's a significant cry. And people are very, very distraught about this, but they all you know the, the, the national sort of um, theorizing about what the what's at stake for the midterms is it's, you know, basically democracy versus fascism. And I'm like, okay, what world have you do, do, do all of us live in? Because <laughs> it's corruption that births fascism. And we had a coup d'etat in two thousand and nine based on what I'm telling you that the Federal Reserve Act 13.3 used illegally behind the scenes by our financial sector without Congress's inv- involvement, because Congress is that, is that train wrecked with corruption, couldn't if they wanted to tie their, their shoes together based on regulating the Federal Reserve, which they're mandated to do. That's the whole purpose, and we'll get to that in a minute. But what it equates to is this global train wreck of just what people like to think are cycles. They're not cycles. They're manipulation of grift. That have basically used giant freaking cash flows from the Federal Reserve to basically prop up what it, what what is a facade? It's a freaking global facade, man.
0: Have you got a phone sitting beside that mic? Or is there like a yeah? Could you just move it? It's just really loud when it when it but when, when it like uh, when the notification goes off. Um, oh my god, that turn it off even better so um before we get to this uh their failure to regulate the the federal reserve at all um i want to just go back like a tiny bit here and and talk about uh so you said that they're they're skimming the system at every step so are you are you uh, like do you mean in the sense that like so you'll put your money into a broker and they'll charge you and then the broker will like trade it with a clearing house and someone will skim like their tiny fee off the top and then it'll um go beyond that and then the the derivatives market will start to get involved people will be betting on different things and then that's skimming more money is is that what you mean by the skimming
1: absolutely yeah absolutely it's the fees of the big brokers and the big houses you know and of course the uh private equity i mean and hedge funds i mean what's it all about it's like you you, you get uh, uh amalgamate a, a lot of great uh wealth or pension funds and the whole thing is predicated on the what, the two and the 20, 2% uh, upfront, 20% downstream. Yeah, it's all fee business. It's all fee generation. And it's all on the upside, and it's all based on the next quarter short term. And again, this is just the opposite upside down, inverted perversion of industrial capitalism and all the problems that industrial capitalism had, right? But this is a whole other this is a whole nother you know, situation in what I you know, what my work has revealed, and it's taken me a brutally long time to accomplish this stuff and it's it's amazing because as we all know you know trying to be heard in this incredibly dystopian universe where there's so much noise nobody can recognize the truth when they see it although your listeners and your work and everybody else i mean you've got a growing hopefully uh largely growing uh, like almost spiking growing awareness especially amongst the mi- millennials because of the Game stocks and everything that went on with the uh, manipulation for, of course, you know, Citadel Capital and, you know, everything that was, uh, you know, uh, brought uh, forth in, um, you know, the whole GameStop slash AMC scenarios that you're an expert in, obviously. But again, at the end of the day, who's ruling the roost there, man? Well, from where I'm sitting, it looks like Cohen and Citadel Capital has an outsized influence at, at, at the end game, right? That's just one piece of this enormous manipulation that i'm talking about but none of it none of it could happen with without the monetary policy that came forth that sprang forth that has never happened before like you talked with christopher leonard i mean just the amount and volume of what was on the feds uh balance sheets before 2008 and what's happened since it's like mount everest vertical yeah. in terms of uh i think he said 300 years of uh uh you know uh uh, economic activity to get to the balance sheet in 2008 and then we've like quadrupled that what am I talking about I mean beyond that in the scope of uh 11 12 years
0: yeah yeah I'm just gonna pull up the chart for people um <laughs> like, it's just stupid <laughs> I'm sorry I'm just looking at it right here and it's just it's like crazy. it's a joke it's, it's a, a joke it's it's, it is a joke. it's 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 unbelievable um let me just pull it up for people here except that real people get destroyed by this
1: and so do societies and so do you know the integrity and the credibility of countries and that's what we're in the midst of.
0: Yeah, it's um it's 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 stunning actually that that this is is where we're at. So yeah, so I've just pulled it up here for people. Um it's <laughs> it's like a flat line for like 100 years, right? And then it sort of starts to tick up Around the 70s, you know, when we go off the gold standard and then it gets to 2008 and it's just a vertical line up. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's just and so I stupid. was like, like, where's all that money gone? Well, you just
1: asked the most pressing question. The corollary is, well, it went to the top 1% or really more accurately the the multinationals and all the people that are at the apex of this system that have skimmed it all off the top for themselves. I mean, come on. We all know mafia, right? I mean, look, like, I'm a big fan of uh, Peaky Blinders, right? So Thomas Shelby's and you know the the UK version of everything that was going on in Chicago, Boston, and New York. Okay, you got a bunch of vertical businesses. You take over. You handle the unions. You got the guys on the streets, and you skim because you're the you're the eye in the sky. You're the guy that's you know uh, uh, tweaking the races and everything else, right? And so you get the you get to be the house, right? Okay, great. It's none of us are not aware that the mafia has operated in Western civilization for centuries, right? And we all know, and Mm -hmm. you more than I. You know the history of monarchies, and then ultimately, you know, I guess my interpretation of whatever happened after, um, y- y- you know, uh, your lords got together and uh and 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 forced uh King, oh God, I'm trying to think of the King when Charles. You to the Mag- no, well, but the Magna Carta initially that leads and inspires our oh, uh, constitution, but but oligarchies. I mean, the monarchs and 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 who's in really in charge? I mean, you got a democratic system, but if you look back to the 1800s or the 1700s in the United States. Were we fighting King George or were we fighting, uh, you know, Parliament and the East India Trading Company, right? It was imperialism. So this is another version of that, right? This is just a more uh, adept, incredibly uh, fast, brilliant way of, of maneuvering with all of these things that none of us can keep up with. I mean, the the, the speed in which things happen in markets today, particularly at those at the apex, with their armies of people and technology are far beyond anything that the regular person can 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 challenge. And, and God bless the apes trying to go toe to toe and shoot the moon based on holding and everything that happened at that time period, but based on information that they're playing the game. Right. So it's like, don't hate the player, hate, hate the game. What I'm telling you is the entirety of the system, the umbrella of everything manifested the full faith and credit of the United States to backstop the largest criminal grift in history that never ended.
0: Yeah. Someone's just entered the waiting room. Do you know who this is? Rose Ann? Oh, yeah. She's one of my people. I sent her a link. I, I wasn't sure if we were going to go live or not. Oh, no, we're not live. I mean, we can bring her in if you want. Well, if she wants
1: to listen, I don't know. I, I just gave them the link if they wanted to watch, but I wasn't sure if it was going live because your your tweet.
0: Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, I did. I Sorry, I clarified that then later on underneath. It's just, uh, I wanted people, because like I've had people wanted to encourage me to like tell them in advance who I'm going to have on the show so they can ask questions. So I had a couple of people ask me some stuff, actually a couple of DMs. Um, they they basically wanted, like, actually, this is a good, good time to bring up the, the first question that I got. So from Brian uh, Buchanan, Buchanan, Buchanan um, he asked, whether we are about to see two thousand and eight, like yeah, the the second basically, like writ large, like the same same thing happen again. Like, are we about to? Are we approaching a massive crash? Have we seen some of that happening already? Is that what we're witnessing?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I've been waiting for the the the, the floor to drop out for approximately eighteen months, right? And they've been able to continue this for much longer than I had anticipated. And, and much of that is in stuff that I don't fully understand, but I just hear sort of things. Like for example, I follow a woman who does fantastic mucking muckraking work on a platform called Wall Street on Parade. Her name is uh, yes, Pam, Pam Martin and her yes. husband, Russ Martins. And they, they're always ahead of everybody in terms of just this minute uh, you know, uh, details of things that are happening in places that nobody else is paying attention to, particularly in the mainstream, right? But yet it's the most useful stuff to answer the questions that you're uh, asking. So I think all of us have expected the, the the collapse a long time ago and it's always called the everything bubble, right? So what manifested from the housing industry is got into everything because of result of this liquidity that got pumped to backstop these fraudulent organizations that did the same thing, V2, V3, V4, whatever version we're on, because we had huge capital infusions in 2019 because of a run on global derivatives. And then we had another one because of course COVID in March of 2020, right? And so, is the next crash going to come? I think when the owners, the billionaires, the multinationals say, "Yeah, things are too high, inflation's too high, it's time to create, um, you know, some unemployment." So let's take a uh, let's take a wrecking ball to the economy, and again, do what they've done the whole time, which is they build it up. Everybody thinks there's kind of like a myth in terms of the economy working, but it's not the real economy. And then they just freaking crash it, and then they do what? Pick up the pieces on the cheap, and it's called smash and grab. And who did we learn that from, my friend?
0: Well, that would be, is it Jacob Rothschild? Well, it could be, but One I would, of the say the, I
1: would say I would say the, uh, well, he was certainly playing a role of it, right? But that was also part and parcel to the crown and, yeah. and of course, the uh, the uh, East India Trading Company and
0: all yeah, the rest yeah. of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Looting and smash and grab is not a new story.
0: Yeah. For anyone that wonder, wonders what I'm talking about, it was, um, uh, whatever Rothschild it was, um, was betting, a, he was betting that the English had lost the war to France in the stock markets, basically like spreading rumors. Um, Then that crashed the market because he got the information. Somehow he had like a rider or something to get the information before anyone else got information about the war. He crashed the market on rumors and then bought everything up at the bottom. And then when it turned out we hadn't lost to, to Napoleon and the French, then everything skyrocketed again and he became the wealthiest man in Britain. Um. So right.
1: it's it's history, and you know one of my one of my favorite uh, series um, by far is Game of Thrones, and I and I love the fact that there was an awareness to you know plug in the Iron Bank because the Iron Bank was banking on whomever <laughs> they thought were going to win and who was going to get the gold, and so therefore you know that's where their 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 uh, their lending capacity would go. I, I mean it seems just the same story over and over and over, but it just gets more refined more incredibly diabolical, Mm. more incredibly uh, engineered by incredibly smart people. And as long as we, the people in democratic societies, allow this to go on unchallenged without the reality of it all coming to light, which is in the con, then we can understand that at the end of the day, it's not rocket science, it's racketeering. That's what it is.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's very concerning, like, because... (laughs) for someone for anyone listening that that doesn't quite get what you mean about about how the about the everything bubble is basically um in the 2008 crash it was basically caused now correct me if i'm explaining this badly but it was basically caused by a bunch of people chopping up mortgage uh mortgage-backed securities and then selling them and then people then it got crazier because people would just be giving away any mortgages to anybody in order to continue to be able to sell their mortgage-backed securities, um, they didn't care how it was rated. And then beyond that, there was uh, like for f- there was like millions and millions and millions of dollars in bets upon each single like secure uh, securitization of like individual assets, and and it just it ballooned this this financial sector beyond belief, where people were just it was like that scene from the big short where they're like they're at the casino with uh, Selena Gomez and and Richard Taylor and it's like someone's placing a bet on the bet on the bet on the bet on the actual bet like <laughs> and that's how like the derivatives market essentially works um and and so you're telling me that they've they've done this for essentially every single industry and financial asset that they can get their hands on over the past 10 years.
1: Right. Now, I don't have, you know, the evidence at every step of the, of the process on all of the other bubbles. I can only um, make the claim, given what I've done with my work, with our with our work, the big team that has worked with me on this for years, led by um, the ultimate uh, sheriff that needs to be at the head of the uh, federal. Excuse me, of, of the uh, attorney general of the United States. His name is William K. Black. Um, but yes, there's a methodology to it. And you, by the way, nailed it in terms of, uh, the sort of quick elevator approach to some of the elements that are involved, <clears throat> but what you're missing in there, and this is what I've learned in it. And it took me years and years to get to this point because prior to 2008, I was all in on the American system. I believed in, free market capitalism, I believe that the law worked, that there would always be accountability. And I'm not naive, right? So I grew up in the 80s. I mean, we grew up looking at everything like Pablo Escobar in the South. We knew that the CIA was involved with, you know, skimming off of drug proceeds to fund, you know, uh, geopolitical wars and gun running in the Middle East and that sort of thing. I mean, this was something that became a thing at that time period, right? Mm-hmm. And that was always kind of the shadow of power, okay? But when it comes to actual, um uh financial in financial engineering or financial fraud there was a big thing that took place in the united states that actually was global but uh it was really heavily concentrated in, in some specific states in the united states primarily texas and california that was known as the savings and lo- loan crisis mm-hmm. now the savings and loan crisis was primarily a commercial um, a fraud scheme that had a lot of parameters and how this whole thing worked But it led to a massive, massive run uh, based on SNLs. And it was also involved with this first round of stuff. You might recall the movie Wall Street. You remember uh, Wall Street and Gordon Gekko and that whole sort of, um, you know, cacophony of how that generation was, was, um, you know, playing the game. Greed is good. Well, that was sort of a reflection of what was happening in the SNL crisis at that time, which was based on, you know, um, for example, Drexel Burnham and Lambert uh, that was run by Michael Milken. And uh, he was involved with what's, what's known as junk bonds. A lot of the times, these junk bonds were fueling uh, major uh, what we call control fraud screams that uh, probably the most um, known one was Trump's casinos in Taj Mahal. Yeah. So Donald Trump was deeply involved with control fraud from the very beginning. And what is control fraud exactly? Control fraud is when you have CEOs of banks that want to, based on modern executive compensation... Increase their bottom line because in modern ex- executive compensation, what you're seeing in real time with the millennials, with the nature of you know day trading and all of these things that you know hyper fuel the meme stocks and everything else. If you're a CEO of a bank, you make money when you have volume of loans, right, or assets or purchases and that sort of thing. And so when you put the sum total of it together, uh, you 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 have to include the notion of underwriting because the whole point of banks is to create safety and soundness for the economic system. You provide liquidity to the marketplace to create all sorts of different types of you know, uh, investment in capital that grows companies. But in real estate, what happens is you want to get as many loans as possible, and the only way you can do that is to start to mess around with your underwriting standards. If you mess around with your underwriting standards, you're gonna get a higher volume of loans. And how do you do that? Well, you stop underwriting. So what you, you had prefaced earlier in the 2008 crisis, what we wound up was just insanity. So we had what were known as, a lot of people refer to the 2008 great financial crisis as the subprime crisis. Mm -hmm. The inference is people got into loans that they couldn't afford, that they didn't understand, the sophisticated products, and then they got greedy and they got more loans than they could afford to pay back. And because everybody started getting these loans that they crashed the economy. So let me just ask you this question, Josh. Do you think it's possible that millions of people who have no sophistication could somehow target the most sophisticated uh, industry in the history of the world and pull an end round on them and collapse them? Do you think that's a possibility?
0: Yeah, especially especially when you made the very good point earlier in reference to the, a lot of the things I was talking about with the finance curse that the best and brightest of America end up in in Wall Street. They have the, the most intelligent, brilliant people work at like physicists uh working in in their like risk departments like these are not idiots who have had the wool pulled over their eyes
1: (laughs) well they were but they, they created the technology that enabled what is like a fraud that people have known about for thousands of years the way you the way you 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 prevent runs is through proper underwriting so with control fraud you take down the regulations and, and they they did this in concert during the uh, during the Clinton administration, where all the big guns of that administration were known as the president's working group at the time. And you had uh, the head of the SEC, Arthur Levitt. You had the, the head of the uh, Treasury, which was Robert Rubin. You had that. And he came out of Goldman Sachs. Then you had uh, none other than Harvard's uh, guy who's been there the whole time, uh, Larry Summers. And, and then there was other on the periphery from that. But what they did was they all worked in concert, particularly with Fannie Mae to end the underwriting standards because they wanted to increase um, investment in, in turning up home ownership, the percentage of home ownership in the United States, because the idea in the United States is those who own their home are more likely to buy goods and markets in the marketplace. And then you increase you know, the, uh, the broader economy. So that was the incentive. But it reaches a point where you only have so many uh, good qualified borrowers, particularly when you destroyed your middle class. This is the same thing that happened in England, right? When you got rid of the golden goose and you produce what the country uh, consumes and you go into globalism, well, you got a problem with the actual equilibrium and the balance of supply and demand. And then what we ended up doing was we got rid of the guardrails. So at the highest levels during the Clinton administration, they get rid of all of the regulatory capacity, for example, Gramm-Leach, I mean, excuse me, Glass-Steagall, which separates commercial banking from investment banking, which prevents casino capitals. That was the whole idea. And we learned that after the Great Depression. But then they got rid of other things that lead to what you were talking about, the derivatives market, which has taken over Europe. Mm -hmm. Europe is so deep involved with derivatives right now that I think that's what's going to blow up everything. And which looks like it blew up Credit Suisse last week and potentially what's happening in the UK based on your pensions Mm -hmm. and the guilt and all of that sort of stuff. But all of it's the same thing, right? So it's the underwriting. It's the, 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 the... The volume to try to get this stuff because the guys up the food chain all get paid collectively on their bonuses from the fees accumulating from getting through deceptive acts and practices, which is a thing, which means lying, because you provide what's known as asymmetric information. You're not telling the consumer what the big picture looks like. You're giving the consumer the piece of cheese that's going to get them into a loan that they think they can afford. But meanwhile, they're not reading all of the terms of the 40 page documents because they're not attorneys and they're getting set up to get chum in the water for shorts, quite frankly, in the housing industry. So, what does it all mean in terms of the question you asked at the beginning? Where are we in the conversation? Well, if the whole thing is set up where you create perverse incentives through what we call Gresham's dynamic, Gresham's dynamic is when you reward the worst behavior which creates a downward spiral. So the guys that are making the most money getting the parking spot in front of the uh, the companies they work for, the big bonuses and everything that comes with it, those guys are doing everything they can to get the numbers up that they've got to reach by any means necessary, which means lying, lying on the underwriting, which means lying on what they've got in there. And if they can move the ball fast enough through the situation, it's going to be somebody else holding the bag and they call that, I'll be gone. You'll be gone. That's a whole Wall Street and the city anachronism that's been going on since the 90s. But what happened was when you get rid of deregulation, regulation, you get rid of the cops on the beat. So you guys were asking, where's the SEC, right? What's the SEC? Well, you hear all the time in the United States now, and this is absolutely insane. Well, the SEC doesn't have enough resources to be able to handle the types of fraud that they're dealing with. Well, what do you do if you're a, United, a country like the United States or the UK with a lot of muscle and you decide, well, I mean, do we just let terrorism happen because, uh, you know, we, we didn't fund enough people to try to prevent it? Usually you see they you start funding <laughs> a situation to prevent that yes. and lay down to, us to prevent that, which they don't do, which is the biggest tell at the poker table. Right. The biggest tell is, well, the whole system's fucking corrupt. So therefore that's what we're in the midst of and, and and I you know I hope that didn't get too far in the weeds but the bottom line is there's a there's a whole there's a whole mechanism in engineering that goes through that and it's called control front.
0: Mm. Yeah. No that wasn't too much that was brilliant man there, there, there's a lot there um uh, the, on on the note about what's happening in the UK at the minute um and the market chaos uh Constantine kissing who I had on the show is the the host of trigonometry um a comedian. He had a banker friend of his um who is apolitical explain quite similarly to what you have just laid out on his sub stack exactly what went down in the uk so uh, i will link that in the description for anyone who believe because the narrative has been oh it was all liz truss um and and rishi soon is he's like no like stop being so fucking stupid like this is a it's been a long ass time coming
1: Well, and you're new, you're a new guy, and I can't pronounce his name because I've just gotten used to him. Like, it happened like what yesterday, two days ago? Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak, where did he come from?
0: He is a former banker, former hedge fund uh, dude who who was uh, Goldman Sachs.
1: There you go, um, baby. And
0: wife of a, I'm not sure if she's a billionaire, but worth close to a billion. So, who's in control? (laughs) Who's in control of this job? Who's in
1: control America? Who voted these people? So, like I keep saying, in the midterm elections, they say, you know, in the United States right now, because we had, you know, the insurrection and everything, all things Trump. And if you look on Twitter and you see guys like, you know, in our United States, in the United States, Rob Reiner, who's, you know, great actor who came up, you know, but a lot of people might know him from his uh, documentary
0: or a South, uh, Park, a South Park cameo. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that especially. Yeah. Right. But what I'm trying to think of the wonderful, uh, Documentary. Uh, it was like the rocket. Why can't I think? Spinal Tap. So Spinal Tap, but he was a meathead before and all in the family, whatever. But it, but guys like him, right? They're all like, oh, my God, we've got to defeat Trump. Trump is the enemy. Trump is going to bring in the end of the world and all of these other things. And what I'm telling everybody is Trump's been in this situation and he's a part of this and he's a mid at, at level at, at best a mid-level player of what's been going on the whole time. And, you know, he's been profiting on it. He's a free market guy. He said, you know, on the steps of this live golf tournament a couple of weeks ago, uh, in, in light of questions about Saudi Arabia, he's like, look, nobody got to the bottom of Saudi Arabia in uh, 9-11. So why are you going to blame me? I'm just playing the game. Don't hate the player. hate the game. Right. So he, <laughs> just look around people. And what I'm trying to just tell you is that corruption births fascism. Just look to your very own freaking Thomas Shelby, man. What is the whole the whole storyline for uh, Peaky Blinders? I mean, that's just what, like, you know, the entirety of that time period, you know, which I found fascinating because it was all real if you happen to be a fan of that show. Mm. You know, what is his name? The white, uh, the, uh, the white fascist guy. He was a real guy uh, in the UK. He was like uh, really interested in, uh, I mean, because it's oh. a battle between yeah. communism and fascism in Europe and all the rest and social. So in the United States, what we did after the Great Depression was we had a Sicilian immigrant who was a brilliant prosecutor who came out of the most corrupt agency in the United States, which was Tammany Hall. And this guy came from Sicily. He wasn't a finance expert, but he knew fraud. Hmm. So what um, uh, Wilson, excuse me, the, uh, um, uh, well, it, it was in the transition between FDR became president, but they were already investigating what wall street did to create the great depression. But by the time FDR came in, there was this populism that was pushing towards the new deal. And what happened was Ferdinand Pecora, pulled out all the secrets of what Wall Street did, which were literally almost verbatim of what we saw in 2008, insider trading, uh, collateralized debt obligations, and credit default swaps, and all of these things that are on the periphery that are basically the casino, the roulette table that you were talking about in that scene from 2008, or excuse me, the uh, the big, big short. short yeah. and, 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 and there was 25% of employ- unemployment at the time. There were Hoovervilles all over the United States, and they started paying attention to this because the media was giving them the goods of what made them made the great depression. Right. And they were paying attention. Suddenly they started getting all of these secrets of this inside collusion from wall street that basically tanked the global economy. And that's what led us to getting these laws starting with the glass steagall act, which we referenced earlier. And then we created the securities and exchange act, which created the securities and exchange commission, which were the police on the beat so that you could not sell fraudulent securities. If you look at the 2008 great financial crisis and it drives me nuts listening to somebody like somebody I respect and I appreciate people like um, Russell Brand, who wants to start this great awakening. But he know, has no idea of the mechanics of the absolute corruption that he kind of dances around the periphery because he's not he's not aware of the con, for example. Same with Joe Rogan. Same with these guys that have millions upon millions of years. They have
0: never touched this
1: stuff. They don't know the intricacies of the freaking Ponzi scheme, which is control fraud that uses incentives to make sure that everyone in the food chain is going to get theirs as quickly as they can by selling illegal, uh, you know, uh, through deceptive action practices, which is lying to get stuff in the food chain so they can get their bonuses all the way up to the CEOs. Now, what we discovered in the con. When we started pulling all of these different mechanics back, we started at the ground level. We realized from the very beginning this is a street crime. Okay, so we did the same exact thing that Ferdinand Picora did by finding what they did. And you, when you do this in an investigation, we all know this from television shows. You flip the guys at the bottom to the the, the next level, to the next level, to the next level, and then you get to the top. You know, and ultimately we had whistleblowers all over the map that were telling these huge truths that nobody was paying attention to. So I always use the revelation or the analogy that this whole story is the emperor's new clothes on really bad ass. It's ridiculous, like you said, with those numbers that led to what you reveal on the um, spread, the uh, balance, uh, the balance sheets of the the Fed. Right? How much money has gone into this larceny? It's a grand swindle with everybody on top, with all the freaking fancy, um, you know, townhomes there and you know all of the greatest places in London and everything else. And we all know it. Everybody knows it, but nobody understands the details. So that's what we present in the con, and that's why we're marching on the Fed.
0: Hmm. You know, it seems to me, actually, that there's quite a lot of parallels, in a, in a sense, between that period where every, you were saying that, like, everyone was on it like, 25% unemployment, and everyone was sat around in Hooverville, like, listening and paying attention to this stuff. And, like, it, it actually strikes me that the the awakening that happened like with the meme stop saga and like all of the, like the, that's not like a, that's not the only place in which there's been like a, an awakening to the, the, the state of the financial sector. But I mean, that's been like a big part of it, for, at least um, from my perspective, it's, it's really similar to that. Cause we were all just sat around our home, either unemployed or furloughed or like, you know, getting stimulus checks and and we all started to wake up to the fact that, like, what you said earlier, that, that there is a serious amount of asymmetric information out there, which is, like, starts from from the media and the media bubble that exists and that, like, the media class that, that like, aside from Pam and Russ Martins at Wall Street on Parade, refuse to tell this story. And what happened is that asymmetric, like, balance of information has suddenly been flipped by a million people on Reddit Uh, suddenly realizing hang on a second this is all a fraud and like it's i was so inspired by that i was so inspired by that because it was the next generation and i and i did
1: watch the documentary on netflix which i think is fabulous oh
0: don't that's not that's not the real story man but
1: that's what i but okay so understand this from a filmmaker's perspective i knew right away just by the name it was wall street films that produced that now as a producer It's got the bells and whistles of the fun kind of like, okay, we got some great little moments here and it keeps you on pace. You want to keep people hanging on. You want to keep people watching, but does it ever resolve what's going on? Obviously you just showed your cards, not remotely. I'm in the same position with what created the system that led to that and will continue to lead to that because the biggest part of it all, think about this. Okay. Because of neoliberalism, because of globalism, there was about $70 trillion of capital floating around global markets in the 2000 to 2006 stage, looking for a place to park. They wound up in Wall Street, even though we got rid of, of course, our working class. But then when we replaced it with this financial capitalism, and that's been going on really, quite frankly, since the 80s. But they were the middlemen. And so what they did is they started plugging it into what the perception was, was the safest place to park capital. Nobody in the United States since the Great Depression saw massive uh, you know, uh, foreclosures because one, it was regional because our economy was so big and, and di- diverse that typically, you know, if you're in the Southwest, you have a different economy that's in the Northeast than the Midwest and the Northwest. They're, they were all kind of standalones, right? But then as a result of globalism and getting rid of the manufacturing base and all of this others, we got financial and moving forward. And what they did was they parked all that foreign capital into this fraud scheme to get fees the whole time on the myth of what they stamped as AAA is as home ownership, because Americans before that would never miss a payment on a mortgage. You don't give up, you, you, you might not pay your car, you might not pay for education. You, you, the last on the list was your home. But in this particular case, they moved it so fast, they moved it so furious, and then they got into the derivatives that you're talking about. And we started off in 1998 with approximately $13 trillion in derivatives trades, especially in the OTC markets. By the time you get to 2005, six, it was up to 700 trillion, okay? That was insane based on a house of cards that was predicated on these uh, deceptive acts and practices that led to liar's loans. And I'll give you an example of what liar's loans are. There were ninja loans. So people didn't have to show their income. It says literally no income, no asset. What? Who the fuck's going to loan somebody $500,000 against collateral, right? That has no value. Okay. It's, That's not how it's it It's so
0: insane. Like I but know how hard my they friends kept... have to work to get a mortgage like on a house they want to buy and they were just giving it to like people with no like no nothing and
1: and, and everybody was like okay well what's what's the problem oh i'm living fat and happy and everything else and i can go on credit and then i can like you know maneuver it the same thing's going on now Mm. the same exact thing's going on except i think it's bigger quite frankly and i think that since we never fixed it the last time those that never recovered i mean i think that the numbers are even broader right not just because it's on all the different commodities and all of the different sorts of ways you can maneuver this stuff but um You know, I guess the grand the the grand point to kind of jump off from in terms of marrying it from, you know, your experience with the manipulation through the GameStop and the meme stops and everything else and all the stuff that's happening in the background with crypto, no -hmm. less. Right. Um, And and that's another interesting parallel, because what is fiat currency at the end of the day? But I can tell you right now, for example, who has a nuclear arsenal that's backstopped by a currency other than the dollar? Or the pound in, the, in in England, so to speak, right? So I mean, that's a little bit different, right? And it can become the lender of last resort. And until everybody starts to realize, wait a second, the whole thing's a mammoth fucking fraud scheme, okay? So the question should be, well, how do you stop it? Well, you got to understand how it works first before you can actually demand how it stops. And some of the best work I've ever seen has come out of the UK. But yet here we are in 2022, and I swear to God, it feels like groundhog day. <laughs>
0: yeah it does in a sense especially with like like you said earlier like i've been waiting for the thing to fall apart for 18 months like literally i've just been going like well i've been like my brother was going to buy a house last year or at the start of this year and i was just like i don't know if that's a good idea like because he had to sell his old one and i was like i don't know if that's a good idea like obviously he didn't listen to me because why would you but um, <laughs> like it, it's it's they've managed to continue to prop it up um like ba- basically it's like there's a fantastic meme and it's that it's the it's the the, the guy the sweating guy hovering over two buttons and it's like jerome pile, and the options are like 1929 America or um 1923 Germany or 1929 America or 1929 Weimar Republic and like, they just print and print and print and print until um right,
1: but, but the inflation see this is what's so crazy about globalism and it's and it's revealed you know it's kind of like I know well, it, it just seems like one continuum in, in like the last 20 years to me feels like an eye blink. because, you know, you see all this stuff in motion. And then you have, you know, um, outside of my own work and it, it took us years and a, a whole lot of um, a whole lot of resources to get these truths because this is the investigation that never happened. So just so you know, following the 2008 great financial crisis it, and some people have seen uh, podcasts uh, out there along these lines, which have done some decent work. But for example, they start with what were known as the Levin hearings and and Levin basically brought into Congress, Senator Levin from uh, Michigan, brought into Congress all of the uh, players in the 2008 great financial crisis. And literally, he was asking some good questions, but he never resolved anything. And then the downturn got worse and worse and worse, and the foreclosure problem became worse and worse and worse. And then the United States government laid out what was known as the Federal Crisis Inquiry Commission. They had over a thousand interviews with all of the people at all different uh, parts of the puzzle to put the full story together. But here was the biggest problem: two problems. One, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't stacked with professionals that weren't partisan. It, it, they weren't dealing with prosecutors like um, Fortdinand mm. um, you know in in the early 30s to be able to resolve what happened in the Great Depression. Yeah. What they did was you've got the, the Democrats and the Republicans basically arguing over he said she said and, and who do you blame right but meanwhile nobody could create and craft a uh, you know a narrative that put it all together like we ultimately had to do in the con and media completely whitewashed the whole thing. Have you ever noticed, I don't know if this is like this in the UK, you've got segments of business reporting, for example, you know, in the United States, we might have Bloomberg, we might have, you know, Fox business, we might have CNN business, but they're kind of a standalone, right? They don't necessarily get into the primetime coverage, which is always about now some sort of political freaking, uh, 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 which feels like high school to me between whatever Trump and MAGA represent. And then those of the, uh, of the, uh, we'll just call it what it is. You know the meritocracy which some think of as the deep state which it is it's academia and deep state and you know the big corporations that put all this stuff together that are our mainstream the status quo but that's that's the contextualization is Oh my God, let's look at this freaking shit show in Georgia with, you know, for example, Herschel Walker, who's got what, maybe a high school level education when it comes to any of this stuff. He couldn't put any of this stuff together if his life depended on it, which is the point, mm-hmm. right? We're trying to get this dumbed down. They used to say that newspapers were, you know, written for like fifth graders. I that's what our news is, right? But meanwhile, these, these problems that we're talking about are run by phd level you know the, the smartest people in the world fueled by the biggest money in the world to create this thing to where they bought the politicians you wind up with a uk prime minister at a time of crisis that came out of goldman sachs i mean guys this is the same story that's been going on for 24 years
0: yeah the the rishi sunak um, appointment is just like i can see the attack ads like, I can literally, like, it's the reason he didn't get, like, because this is, this is, the reason he didn't win two months ago is because he, like, I can see the attack ads. It's like, do you want a billionaire prime minister in the, in a cost of living crisis? It it just writes itself. And not but like, like, how dumb or like, well, I mean, how desperate are the Conservative Party for anyone who seems competent, I think is the the thing. But like, the same thing kind of happens in the UK to what you said. We don't really have, like... We have business reporting with the Financial Times. And the Financial Times is like the Financial Times. That's it. Then you have, like, obviously we, we would, like, have some some of that stuff. Maybe on, like, Sky News or, like, um, but the BBC doesn't really cover it. Um, and mostly, like, our political day-to-day interaction. And this is what fucks me off. Like, beyond belief. Like, there's people, like, bleating on about, like, Brexit and 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 like stupid culture war issues and and i'm like about bathrooms and i'm like fuck you man like have you any idea the scale and like consequences of the issue that we actually need to deal with like have you any like like semblance of of like prioritization of this It's like I don't care, right, if you believe something is, like, vaguely structurally racist, if the entire system is financially rigged against all of us. Because do you know what? It doesn't matter what race we are. We're all getting fucked equally by this system. And, yeah, so the UK, and, and this is driven very much by, like, the Twitter sphere and social media, and it is, it's just this sniping little, like, day-to-day drama. No one talks about financialization. and 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 the problem of, like, fiat money... And like no one in the mainstream is addressing this, and it really frustrates me. So I love when I see people like you, like really battering down the doors of the Fed. So um, we're now almost an hour in. So let's try and like get to thirteen F because this was something I really wanted to drill into. Was like you you said that it was used illegally by the Federal Reserve on like numerous occasions. So do do you want to explain what you meant by that and maybe more detail because I can't remember the exact figures.
1: Absolutely, and first, let me just try to do like an elevator synopsis of what I think you just so poetically and brilliantly demonstrated, and so interesting to hear this on the other side of the pond, even though that was quite frankly my perception, right? But to hear it from you firsthand is really validating for me because let's just take a quick snapshot at what's happening, right? You know your history, you know how ridiculous the beginning of the trigger that led to World War One. You, yes. you know that it was just like <laughs> Franz the Ferdinand,
0: fans. the Black Hand right, Gang. The, the,
1: the, the, Right, because of a hundred years of whatever evolved to that point, that this put that moment in in play. And look at what's been going on with your energy crisis, with what's going on with the war in Ukraine, with you know Putin talking about potentially you know um, uh, a dirty bomb, you know maybe a, a, a limited nuclear strike. Which what would happen after that? Okay, we are in a calamitous time because of what I'm telling you. Again, the uh, and you and I appreciate you teeing up the question because. again, you know, I want you all to think about singularity when it comes to Federal Reserve Act 13.3. So the entire system blew up. The neoliberal system, the, the four decades long march between Reagan and Thatcher that winds up with all of these things that circumnavigated really the notion of free markets. And what it really did was put in, you know, big money monar- monarchies and big law firms. To create, you know, the, the ones who are going to produce for next to nothing uh, to be able to maintain our, you know, the, the myth, the facade of our consumer society. Meanwhile, we got rid of the golden goose, right? Which was our ability to produce everything that we consume. Okay, so that's all out the window. And what does it lead to? it leads to a system that's unsustainable. This does not make sense. You cannot provide liar's loans to guys that came over the border from Mexico that are picking in the fields a $700,000 loan. I'm sorry, that happened. I'm not blaming the victims. Good for those guys who got the freaking jacuzzi in in, in California for 10 minutes before (laughs) they got blown up. But the bottom line is, that was to maintain the facade of these fees and this engine of fraud and deception that blew up the world that was based and predicated on literally, uh, you know, at that time, $600 trillion in world de- derivatives. That is now, I think, $1.4 quadrillion in derivatives. That's that's the number, and that's Lord. notion of value, okay? So it's out of control, and, and that's what happens. When you take the cops off the beat and you get rid of character and credibility, it leads to a freaking full-on, uh, you know, massive rape fest, and that's what these guys have been getting away with forever. And so Federal Reserve Act 13.3 and the statutes, initially it's a lender of last resort. The idea if you're a nation as powerful as the united states you've got huge industry you've got amazing collateral you've got amazing uh, natural resources you've got unbelievable produ- productive cap capacity and all of that is valued in something you end up basically during the keynesian time you know world war ii you sell bonds, bond to get everybody's buying they get you know very conservative they go all into the war effort and it created this incredible value and that's what the united states ended up with after you know with you guys winning World War II, but we didn't have to rebuild our country like you guys did. We were in the pole position to where we could become this superpower because we were helping to rebuild the world, right? Mm. So fast forward to where we are with Federal Reserve Act 133 in 2009. So as many people might remember, we had a big, big, what I would call in retrospect, because I'm the only one that's going to tell the world this, particularly those of you in the United States paying attention to this. We had this huge smoke and mirrors, dog and pony show in Congress featuring Hank Paulson, who was the secretary of the Treasury, who came out of Goldman Sachs, Mm -hmm. Timothy Geithner, who was the head of the New York Federal Reserve, who was Mm -hmm. basically supposed to be a regulator, but was just a yes man to this system that was basically about to blow up the world. This all came out of Alan Greenspan time. Alan Greenspan was our Federal Reserve chairman. He used to speak like Chauncey Gardner uh, in a way that was like everybody thought he was this mythos like genius. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, what you don't understand is he was a product of coming out of uh, Charles Keating's largest bankruptcy in the United States in history at that time, Mm -hmm. which was Lincoln. Continental, which was a fraud scheme. So this guy becomes the head of the Federal Reserve. Next thing you know, as it turns out, and this is the biggest mythology of all, right? So everybody in the country is trying to scrapple with if they're coming to this, 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 this sort of consternation about the Federal Reserve. It's like, well, wait a second. The Federal Reserve is independent. It has to be independent because if Congress was in charge of the Federal Reserve, then they'd use it for their political outcome, right? If there's a bunch of poor people that could, you know, amass in numbers that demand that Congress give them what they want, then that's the thing that they're trying to prevent for the so-called stability of the broader economy. Okay, that's the kind of idea the Federal Reserve was created to create the, 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 the lack of the ups and downs of what was happening in the economy before that, and especially all the different currency trades to create a monetary base and a central currency to create stability. And they were a bunch of technocrats that weren't looking at this through a political ideology to maintain supply and demand. That's the idea. That's the myth. But when you get to after the uh, Great Depression, the Federal Reserve had a couple of changes with the statute that it provides lender of last resort capacity to specific banks within the financial system that are supposedly under the FDIC regulation. But the idea is, and this is the common sense uh, sort of uh, calculus, is if you're in war, you want your military to get funding. If you are in a famine, you want your farms and your agricultural capacity to be able to provide, you know, fuel for, uh, you know, sustenance for your population, housing, so on and so forth, right? Nowhere does it say in the statutes, my friend. Nowhere does it say in the statutes, as particularly when lending is all predicated on the value of collateral. That's, again, underwriting, right? So nowhere does it say in these statutes anywhere that the full faith and credit of the United States is there to bail out a Ponzi scheme criminal shadow bank that its entire portfolio of collateral was worth zero, that you're gonna then step up and provide $30 trillion in 2009, this capacity to smash and grab. And then that's led to another, it looks to me like it's somewhere the 30 to $50 trillion range since 2009. It's our system. And it's gone to the richest 1% or the multinationals or anybody who can prop up their assets, including oligarchs from Russia, right? Mm. That's the story. That's not an. That's not an economy that is a real economy based on the, the the fluctuations of production, you know. And so it is central planning. What it is is I tell everybody, you know, that in this whole ideological space, you know, uh, do you want to be communist? Do you want to be fascist? Do you want to be democrat? What, whatever, man. What this is is corporate fascism undergirded by a criminal syndicate. That's the shower power, shadow power that has complete control. And this is not. Alex Jones mythologizing stuff that he doesn't know talk about because th- that's another part of American media that drives me nuts. Morons getting paid $50 million a year to lie to people. Oh, I've got- I don't
0: think he's all $50 million. But, yeah. Well,
1: that's <laughs> what they said. I've got tens of thousands of hours in this thing dealing with, and I work with the federal, the FBI, the DOJ, the SEC, the good guys in there. Mm. Trust me, there's bad guys too. Same with AGs across the country. Same with the top whistleblowers. We got the evidence. We put the whole thing on a silver platter that shows you exactly what this is. It's at www.thecon.tv. And what I'm trying desperately to do is that there were tens of millions of people in the United States that got devastated by 2008. Right? They got set up. A lot of people got into these loans because they don't know anything about financialization. A lot of them were actually a bunch of criminals that bit off more than they can chew. But even though you could take the worst of the worst and put them in this matrix, they didn't create the matrix. They're just getting tooled by it. The matrix is this hierarchy of this system which is run by the ceos through control fraud through all of these different variables that create deceptive acts and practices which is a a fictional economy that ultimately led to this blow up where the federal reserve pumps money that you've said before and many of your guys you're just digitizing money into existence Mm -hmm. yeah for what purpose to go as to the primary dealers through banknotes that they can then loan against but here's the other caveat to that the federal reserve has been purchasing since 2009 mortgage-backed securities that are made up of this underwriting that sawdust that destroyed millions of people that are real life and blood. People like Addie Polk in our uh, series, who shot herself five times in the chest. She was an African-American woman who was 91 years old, who basically was the American dream. Her and her husband came out of the Great Migration out of the South, out of Alabama, wound up in the industrial Midwest because of the uh, exodus of white workers during World War II. They got their piece of the American dream. They owned their house. Presumably, she refinanced her house after her husband died, but she got set up in what was known as straw buying. So you can forge paperwork to where people behind the scenes can act like they're you, where they can get loans. And then when you don't pay those loans back, then the the, the guys are going to come foreclose on you, which is what happened to Addie Polk. And she's one of millions of victims like this that were targeted. And by the way, the Federal Reserve was mandated by Congress to regulate these markets. So in 2003, four and five, and I have this evidence, Mm -hmm. there were women that were in charge of investigating this. These women were some of the top academics and attorneys and investigators in the country. And they weren't solely women, but the ones that I interacted with were because they went on to create what was known as the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau with Elizabeth Warren. These were the country's top people at this. They put on a silver platter, all of the evidence that was then worked through the channels of the Federal Reserve. Through FOMA, not FOMA, through the FOMC, to Ned Gramlich, who was the head of the uh, Federal Reserve of Philadelphia, who presented the evidence to Alan Greenspan, who was mandated by Congress to regulate these markets. And he didn't. He chose Ned Gramlich, told Ned Gramlich, I'm not going to do anything about it, walked away from all of the evidence. Three years later, he goes through the outdoor. Basically, uh, 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 Bernanke comes in. We have the freaking meltdown. And then all of a sudden, Paulson, Bernanke, and Geithner. Are basically telling the American people we need 700 billion dollars from Congress. Nobody in the United States had ever heard that much money before. We were all like, "Oh my God, what are you talking about? We're going to give Wall Street 700 billion dollars for blowing up the world?" Yeah, that's a real problem. We got to do it because the global system is going to blow up. So we do it. They get it through. It's called moral hazard. It was TARP, Troubled Assets Relief Program. But what it ultimately revealed, and what I know, and what I'm telling you about Federal Reserve Act 133, was they backdoored the Federal Reserve. To, um, to Wall Street where they gave them $30 trillion. Let's put that in a comparison. The whole country was flipping out about $700 billion. Meanwhile, they backdoored it and they gave $30 trillion to the system that blew everybody up illegally.
0: That's, that's 15 times the GDP of the United Kingdom. <laughs> like, what? And that, those stories like um, Ali Pogue, it makes my fucking blood boil. It really does because like people should give a fuck, you know, that's, that's, that's the, 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 the long term is just one of any, millions.
1: Do we not have any dignity? Do we yeah. not?
0: I mean, see, this is the whole thing about,
1: see, th- we know that capitalism supposedly, you know, was the great turning from feudalism, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea. So capitalism gives everybody supposedly an an opportunity, you know, to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and become this mythologized, you know, American dream sort of uh, Horatio Alger story. And there there are plenty of stories that appear appear to be that way, Mm -hmm. but that's not the whole system. But at the end of the day, you wind up with the situation where, again, when you've got free money into the system through a completely perverted criminal system that ultimately then the fed is buying these bonds and so why we're going to the fed is all of these victims like so for example at the insurrection when donald trump's and this is the big question that every, everybody in the United States should ponder. It's like who paid for all of these guys who came out of, you know, these mercenary groups like Blackwater, hint, hint uh, to show up at the Fed, uh, excuse me, Congress, to do this insurrection. You know, these muscle guys on the front that were going toe to toe with the, the the police while, the, you know, the, the, the Reserve, the Federal Reserve didn't show up when they were all over the place for Black Lives Matter. Think about that, for example. Right. So didn't, suddenly did
0: Pelosi deny the request for more more like security not that i've seen
1: there, there's a thing going around in the united
0: states where her daughter was filming a documentary oh the time. not that i meant i meant that that there'd been like someone had put a request in for more security on that day because they thought there was going to be a bunch of shit went oh, down I, and I'm Pel- not like i think it was pelosi denied the request for more like security staff I'm not
1: sure about that, but I'm sure there's murky left and right. But my yeah, my computer But you're is right. Clear. The the but question computer-
0: is who the fuck decided to tell them what was it? Ray Epps, your guy screaming, yeah. we're gonna go inside, the guy that led them in and then never to arrested.
1: It. Yeah, like it's just so clear that there's guys <laughs> inside the FBI and there was guys inside the NSA structure and there were guys within the National Guard that didn't act. And they didn't act for a reason they didn't have just a bit but the bottom line is i'm using that as a comparison right so you got all these like muscle guys from all of these white supremacist groups all over the united states and many of them came out of the military and i'm sure we're working in black ops groups with Blackwater uh alongside a lot of your uk guys premier uh you know royal navy guys and all these guys that were basically free marketeers at that time in iraq and all over the middle east you know they they came you know it looks like to me that they were on the front lines of the insurrection What we're going to have are the victims of this madness that I told you that are mostly African-Americans and elderly women on the front line of our our resurrection that we're trying to draw attention. And over the the sea of this cacophony of noise that we're all battling with, that there's true human victims that have been destroyed, set up their lives, never coming back in our court system, no less. That's a whole other side of this whole story. And it was all made possible because of what happened with Federal Reserve Act 13.3 and quantitative easing
0: yeah do me a favor just sit outside don't storm the thing
1: <laughs> no there's nothing like that if you're you, going yeah, to
0: storm it don't leave yeah, like
1: <laughs> yeah the bottom line is we're just trying to elevate the reality of this and and i spent years and years putting it all together in the con if mm-hmm. that story got to millions of people who understood the truth <laughs> we could turn the tables on this madness
0: it would and if, if enough people were, were aware of like this and you, you've you've done an absolutely outstanding job through this this whole interview of of remaining completely nonpartisan and and explaining that both of the the parties are are, are just as in bed with Wall Street as as the other. Like there is the, like everyone's like, oh, the Republicans, they're so corrupt. And it's like Clinton taking all the money from the speeches at Goldman Sachs. It's like Why do you like she's not that entertaining like she's not she's like she's not that amusing or or like knowledgeable that she's worth that much money unless you're trying to buy her and the right, same wall with obama did. took more wall street money than 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 any other um than any other um <laughs> candidate up to up to that point and like yeah. obviously the republicans are taking the same money like absolutely you know we just work for different billionaires in the structure you know yeah.
1: the, the, the democrats or wall street and, and, and San Francisco, you know, tech billionaires. And then of course, you know, the, uh, the Republicans are mostly military industrial and uh, old school fossil fuel. Okay. I mean, that's, that's kind of the paradox and the paradigm of the United States in terms of the big money, but your, your, your biggest point there, uh, a second ago that really had me going about Obama. Okay. So Obama is the biggest disappointment in my lifetime. The guy comes in on this, 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 see change it was a it was a moment where the populist accord at that time were so ready for a change that he had you know postulated which of course using you know nothing but nebulous kind of uh, platitudes like you know never defining exactly what that is although he did say he was going to root out you know special special interest access to the wall Street, uh, to the white house and he did for the first six weeks and then it was out the door from there six you know, ultimately weeks. Yeah, what ultimately happened that we reveal, and, and this is why I say corruption is what births fascism. So Obama, Mister, you know, uh, ec, you know, constitutional law expert from Harvard, and he was the first editor of the Harvard Law Review, and all of those wonderful accolades, you know, coming from a guy of, um, you know, a color. He was a magnificent human being, at least it appeared to be, right? But what's the first thing he does? He starts putting all the same power in power that made all of this stuff happen. Then he, you know, nobody really fully understands this except in certain circles, but he puts Eric Holder as the attorney general of the United States and Eric Holder's uh, lieutenant, you know, which is, you know, the second in command of the uh, Department of Justice at that time is a guy by the name of Lenny Brewer. They came out of a law firm called Covington and Burling. Covington and Burling handle all of the biggest banks on Wall Street. And he came in basically did, did a cleanup job. What they did was they pretended like none of this happened. And the con, and the Department of Justice, so like right now, you know, we've had a congressional investigation into the insurrection where it looks like the whole legal world is coming down on Trump. And are they going to get him this time? I'm not sure. It certainly looks oh, like so. he's toast, but he's got this populist wave. I don't know what happens there, but the bottom line is that Wall Street was protected by the Obama administration. And because of what they did and what they got away with, they just made now what it is.
0: Yeah, honestly, this this the January 6th hearings, Like the the circus that they have created is an insult to everyone who lost their home in 2008 because they deserve that level of of scrutiny and, and, and yeah, derision and, and questioning. And, and they, they never got it like i think it's it's what we had to do one person went to prison i think because of the crash
1: and he was an asian guy right And there there were small lever players that 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 happened but what we found and you know this is my tagline to everything it's not rocket science it's racketeering and what we found in this in this investigation was we traveled the country and through addie polk we discovered her story and through her tragedy she opened up this like it it still to me blows my mind that this because it was it was literally one in I, I don't know what the what the uh, I don't know what the percentages were, but she she opened up the door to us finding that Summit County, Ohio, through the leadership of then Attorney General Mark Dan, put the investigation together. And they found out a, a relatively low level player in this whole thing that was doing the exact same thing as the CEOs of Wall Street. His 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 crime was like somewhere in the ninety eight million dollar range. He went down for RECA, racketeering influence and corrupt organization. Of course, that came up with Rudy Giuliani and the mob and the five families back in the 70s. Right. So it's amazing that Giuliani is what he is now. And there's so much more, by the way, when you look at the insurrection and you look at what happened with with Trump, everything he did came out of this era. okay? And so he owned a, um, uh, a lending operation, Trump Mortgages, just like everything else. And he learned about all the fraud that I'm talking about. So what they would do is they would change the uh, pay stubs, they would pay, change W-2s, they would change earning and capacity to pay back and all of those things to get these loans approved. That's what they were doing to Trump mortgages. And so it's ironic that the mainstream media, again, this is the the, the um, emperor's news clothes on really bad asset. They don't know anything that happened before because they never investigated, to your point. Nobody looked at what we had to go to the ends of the earth to put together because now Trump literally is, is going down for, and he's going to get busted on this part for sure, documentation fabrication as it relates to election certifications because of our electoral college. They know that he used uh, documentation fabrication. Now imagine this, Rachel Maddow, who gets paid $30 million a year to cherry pick everything about Donald Trump, is not aware of literally tens of millions of pieces of documentation fraud that blew up the fucking world. Think about how stupid this whole situation is, right? So we're just doing everything we can to basically blast through this dystopia to be, and it's it's beyond Orwell, my friend. Yeah, it's it's beyond Huxley. You yeah. know, and it's it's crazy what we're in the midst of. But you know what? There's those of us who believe in liberty and justice above all, above everything else, and we're going to go the distance, man.
0: Yeah, you know, I often think they made a real mistake because they taught me to believe in those principles, <laughs> like, and 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 they they taught me. Like uh, however naively, they the system whatever, but like that's that's the thing that I was brought up on is like fairness, justice, freedom, and and uh, and they like those those values will never be shaken from me, and and therefore I can not ignore this shit, and I only hope that more and more and more and more people end up in you know positions larger than mine and platforms far larger than mine who will actually start saying something um i i that's all i can hope for
1: you just inspired me to no end man you know and i gotta tell you how proud i am to, to hear you say that uh i've always been a fan of, of the uk i mean there's so much influence from the uk on me from music i'll tell you you know i was raised to believe all of those things too and i believe them with everything i am but I wasn't naive because I also grew up on the education of Joe Strummer, man, you know, (laughs) Joe Strummer and the clash and that whole era really taught me a lot about the way the world works. And, uh, You know, and I never lost sight of it. And a huge, you know, guy influence on me was Hunter Thompson back in the Gonzo days, you know, which is kind of modern muckraking. And I'm a muckraker, man. That's what I do. Right. So but if I come from an ideology, it's that it's fairness, justice. Let it work out, man. You know, things you know, you you, got to have the integrity of law with guys that are smart guys, which we call the, the untouchables, which I thought the United States was the best in the world at until we literally just bent the knee to corruption. And I can't believe this is what we are, my friend, because never in a million years would I have thought we would succumb to what is the oldest freaking, I think, evil in history. It's just that's what's taken down every empire, man. You get too corrupt. You get too greedy. You get too selfish in this situation. You lead to this stuff that creates you know, instability. And the next thing you know, the whole thing blows up. How soon is that going to happen? I don't know. But I'm certainly trying to. You know, salvage the USS Enterprise to use a Star Trek uh metaphor versus go down with the USS Titanic.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well that's from my home my home city built that boat. <laughs> that that said, it was fine till we gave it to the English. Just saying. Like <laughs> didn't sink when we had it um but patrick uh last thing i want to want to get you to do is just like tell people a bit more about about this march on the fed on the first of november
1: so i really appreciate that and the opportunity to talk to your audience about this and, and all the best to you folks uh all over who watch uh josh's show but particularly in the uk because I would love to see you guys do this at the Central Bank of England, if you get the same sort of story eventually. In, in, I am two be.
0: tube stops from the Bank of England.
1: <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Um, so we're going to – we got a permit. So this isn't – we're not going in with, uh, you know, on the seat of our pants. We've got uh, people showing up all through the corridor of the metro – excuse me, the, um, the, the metro area, of, you know, the, the, what they call the beltway, which is Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and in the beltway. Hopefully a lot of folks that are going to show up between 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday, November 1st. I'm going to do a simulcast broadcast that we're going to do live that I'm going to piece together all of the elements that reveal exactly what I'm telling you. But from experts, as opposed to me conveying it, you're going to hear it from them. And then we're going to create a lot of you know synergy through stuff that you've learned from Christopher Leonard, for example, and many others. And it's going to be a long afternoon. It's probably about three or four hour broadcast. But we'll provide links. You can check me out uh, on YouTube at Patrick Global Truth Bombs The Con. I'm all over TikTok. You can check out the www.thecon.tv. You can check me out on, on, on Twitter. We're going to have these links available. So if you can't be there we highly encourage everybody who wants to learn more and to wrap their head around what actually is driving the show of the world, then this is how you're going to get that information. And hopefully we can create that lightning bolt, you know, Eureka, where suddenly everybody's going, I mean, Occupy Wall Street started down that path, but then ultimately it got caught up in the ideological sort of framing of what, you know, created the world for the last 67 years, right? Or maybe even 100 years for that matter. They weren't looking at, the ingredients and the specificity of the actual criminal activity that we have the laws to be able to take this whole system down. If only the, it, it's up to us, we the people to get enlightened and act as citizens as opposed to chattel.
0: Yeah. Can't agree more. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that'll be on Twitter. So I will send like tweet out the links and, and everything when it, when it goes out. But um, yeah, Patrick, I really, really want to thank you for your time and for like your, Yeah tireless work in in trying to expose this shit because uh the the world the world moves forward upon the backs of people like yourself like the, these things don't happen by accident like truth doesn't come to the surface willingly in many cases so so thanks very much for your work ma'am.
1: thank you for those kind words and, and all the best to you and your endeavors and uh anybody who uh champions liberty and justice and freedom above all else, is somebody I want to be walking through the future with, man. We got to turn this thing upside down. I'm telling you, it's just, it's not rocket science, guys. It's, 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 it's racketeering. And a bunch of my hashtags are truth is marching, failure is not an option, it's the righteous grind, this isn't the insurrection, this is the resurrection, and, um, you know, it's the justice movement, my friends. That's what we're doing, the con.
0: Yeah, well, very inspiring. Links for everything will be in the description below. Patrick, thanks very much. Thank you, man. All the best. Hey, everyone. Thanks for making it right the way to the end of the podcast. I love that you tuned in this long. Do me a favor. Hit subscribe because 80% of you bastards are not subscribing, but you're watching my videos. See you next time.